Well, so glad you could join us on a Sunday night per usual here on 760 WJR. My name is John the Legion. He is Bill Keenest. And Bill, any idea how we should start this fair show tonight? Well, there's a lot of ways we could start, Sean. What a what a football weekend. But uh, we won't start with the Lions. <laughs> we, we won't start with Michigan or Michigan State. Okay. Um, I'd like to start with the Patriots. Okay. Not New England. Not New England but the Livonia Franklin Patriots from your hometown mm-hmm. who finished. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think they went into the playoffs four and five and they've uh, done nothing but win. And now these young people, <laughs> these students find themselves one game away, one win away from going to Ford field. That, that's just why we love football and why we especially love high school football. It's outstanding. You're absolutely right. Uh, wins against Brighton, uh, wins against Bedford, uh, Churchill, and, of course, this past weekend, knocking off Mott. Uh, yeah. Just a fantastic story coming out of Livonia. And you know what? This is one of those things, Bill, the, the playoff points and things like that. Mm-hmm. In years gone by, a team like this wouldn't have that opportunity. No. And, and no. I... Bill, I think it's great. I, I think I think it's absolutely great. No joke. Right. No, it, it really is. And what a what a dream season it's already been for for these kids. But they now believe. And when you have the mental part of it, you know, conquered, like they obviously do. Because who gave them a chance going into the playoffs other than themselves, their yep. coaching staff and the kids on that team? And now to to run off three straight wins. And to be one game from Ford Field, what, what just, you're right. It's going to, it's going to be the bill billboard for the new playoff system without question. Well, and, and that's um, to, and to good me, for the MHSAA in, in regards to that. Yeah, to me, Bill, I mean, we saw it last year in, in the, the quote unquote COVID year. I mean, there were teams yeah. that, you know, just, just looked dead in the water and, and, and yeah. they caught fire and made nice runs and, um, it, it should be a fantastic weekend next week. There are some great games. Uh, Rochester Adams yeah. continues to roll. I mean, what a what a matchup that's going to be against Grand Blank, who pulled yeah. the. I think you could say it was an upset against Rockford. A lot of people thought that they were the team to beat in D one. Sterling Heights Stevenson and Belleville they yeah. keep rolling on. I mean, just so many good matchups coming up on the MHSAA slate. You know what I loved? I, I watched the uh, Rochester Adams and West Bloomfield game. But in, in today's age of high school sports with the seven-on-seven camps and the seven-on-seven teams all summer, there was a lot of running the ball in that game. And that's what Adams lives off of. They run that midline option. And, uh, boy, did West Bloomfield come out strong in that game. And uh, the running back that they have – committed to Michigan state is an exceptional player. And, uh, but, but Adams to their credit, the coaching staff, they stuck to their game plan. They didn't, they didn't panic. They didn't deviate. And uh, their defensive coaches put together a tremendous halftime adjustment plan because they, uh, they pretty much shut down West Bloomfield in the second half. So kudos to, to, to both, both schools and, and, and both coaching staffs because that was a classic high school football game. Isn't it amazing, Bill? I think that's one of the the beautiful things about playing out in the elements at this time of year. And, you know, in in Wayne State's crazy run to the D2 finals back in 2011, 
uh, they were very fortunate to have that same situation. We were right. in um, St. Cloud and we right. were playing a high octane aerial team. And Wayne State was down 21 to six, just like that. I mean, snap yeah. your fingers, Bill, and it's 21 to six. And you're thinking, hey, great run. At least they got in the playoffs. And then the snow started coming down. Right. And it kept snowing and it kept snowing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It played right into the hands of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And they ended up winning, going away because that high octane attack wasn't there. That's right. part of what, hey, listen, the elements can hit you and, and, and you better be prepared for it. And a lot of times it really is that simple. Whose style is 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 better in those types of conditions? No question, Sean. And we've seen it over the year at every level. And uh, I my my game today that I did for the NFL was the Lion Stigler game, and in some discussions, you know, early in the game, uh, the weather I think obviously played a part because, you know, the Steelers are used to those elements. You know, the quarterback, even though Roethlisberger didn't play, is used to practicing and playing in those elements. That was nothing new to the Steelers, and you can attribute perhaps you know, the miss field goal in overtime to the weather. I'm sure that was on the, you know, the, the holder, the snapper and, and Santoso's mind. And, uh, you know, it looked like it was blocked initially, but, uh, but he just didn't, just didn't hit it cleanly. Um, and then maybe quite honestly, the weather helped the lions with those two fumbles, who knows, but, uh, but that, 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 that could be a good segue into, into talking about that game. Um, I don't know if either of us have ever seen a game like that, Sean. No, no. I, Bill, I, I said to Chris, I, and, and you know what? This isn't a shot at anybody. It was just, and I think in fairness, the weather had yeah. something to do with it. The mutual ineptitude was, uh, it was yeah. amazing. And it, it was funny because I think Chris Myers of Fox, even at one point in overtime, you could tell he was kind of flabbergasted. He, he goes, yeah. nobody wants to win this game. And, and, yeah. and really, as you were watching it, that was the impression that you got. I mean, obviously that isn't the case, but there were just so many mistakes by both teams. I've never seen anything like that. And I, it, boy, oh boy, I, I've been watching football a long time. That, right. that, that is a new one. It really was today, Bill. Well, I agree. And I know how, how excited Lions fans were going into this game, especially coming off the bye, being rested, getting Taylor Decker back, and then finding out the news yesterday that Roethlisberger isn't going to play. So you're going in to play the Steelers without their Hall of Fame quarterback, without their top two receivers. Uh, Watt gets hurt uh, and doesn't come back to the game. Um, The Lions rush for 229 yards. Mm. The Lions end up plus three in turnovers. Now, if you look at all those factors – um, the odds you could have gotten in Vegas for a Lions win would have been astronomical. Um, and the one that gets me really is the is the running game. Because um, I, you know, if the team rushes for 150 yards, they're going to win most games. That's a that's a productive day. But over 200 yards. So I, I actually did a little research, and um, there was a, a study done a few years ago um, asking the question: How many teams lose when they run for? rush for over 200 yards in a game and a team that rushes for over 200 yards wins 90% of the time. Mm. And, um, unfortunately, uh, at least it wasn't a loss, but, uh, normally when you, when you have that kind of success running the ball, 
the Lions did early in the game, it sets up the play action in a big way. But it didn't seem like uh, the Lions were able to take advantage of any play action at all in the passing game. Well, and it's amazing because at the time, you know, uh, Jamar Jefferson, who, you know, unfortunately had to leave the game with the injury and everything. uh, Bill, that was the longest rush of the season when he scored on that 28-yard run. And you're right. I mean, you average six yards a pop and – uh, you know, they just couldn't get anything going with, with, with Jared Goff. I mean, uh, you know, we found out after the game that he had some kind of a rib issue. I'm I'm not officially sure whether it was a broken rib or, or whatnot. But, you know, Dan Campbell made a point to say that there was a rib issue there. 114 yards passing. In, yeah. in, I, I mean, do you know what it reminded me of, Bill? It reminded me of what I would think a game from the 1950s would be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where we're going to pound the ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to keep running the ball until they prove they can stop us. And, and you know what? The Steelers never really proved they could stop them. But no, you know, they it, didn't. Could only, it could only take you so far. I mean, that's the sad reality. Of yeah. And and only and, – and I uh, I didn't look this up. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody has by now. But only 77 total net yards of passing. And when you throw the ball 25 times and you only have 77 net yards, uh, that that's obviously uh, because of the sack yardage uh, coming off the, the gross yardage. That's that's tough. Yeah, unbelievable. No doubt about that. Uh, a fitting 16-16 tie. And uh, yeah. the Lions still have not won in Pittsburgh since 1955. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> As – as that game was going on today, Sean, I thought about letting the uh, the producer and director know early, but I thought, no, I just wait. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. But I remember vividly, vividly, 1969, the Steelers hired a new coach, Chuck Knoll. So it was his first season with the Steelers, just like Dan Campbell's first season with the Lions. The opening game that year was the Lions at the Steelers at Old Pitt Stadium. And the Steelers won that game. And what I I think they won it like 13 to 6, 13 to 7. And the thing that I remember most about that game was that the the running back who scored the winning touchdown for the Steelers ran the wrong way on the play, but he scored a touchdown and Chuck don't find him for running the wrong way on the play, whether that's folklore or truth. I don't know, but where I'm going with this, it was not only the Steelers, obviously first win of the season. It was the opening game. It was their only win of the season. They finished one in 13 in Chuck Knoll's first year. And uh, you know, I just thought, my gosh, what if, and, and we were tracking there, you know, for the lions, for Dan to, to get that first win throughout the game, um, but it just didn't happen. You know, Bill, I have to share with you, uh, during the week, my buddies and I had a similar conversation. Uh, to me, and the conversation amongst my group of friends and I, we were like, how was 1983 38 years ago? Because that was yeah. one they, they beat, and, and you weren't working <laughs> the lines, but I know you, you know the game. Uh, 45-3 on yeah. Thanksgiving, and uh, Robbie Martin with a – uh, 83 yard punt mm-hmm. return. I, I remember it plain as day and the Lions ended up making the playoffs that year. And mm-hmm. of course that's the Eddie Murray uh, miss in San Francisco. But I, yeah. that was one of the more memorable games. You know, they weren't the steel curtain Steelers. You know, that was, you know, a couple years removed and everything, but boy, oh boy, 
that was one of those times as a kid you're going, wow, this is real. The Lions could end up making the playoffs, and of course they did. But a 45-3 to in 1983 against the Steelers, amazing. I remember that game well, Sean. I was in Pittsburgh working for the USFL, USFL Maulers, and I actually watched that game as we're trying to get geared up for the season. I actually watched that game from my office, and I could not believe uh, how much the Lions dominated that day. I mean, they pounded them, and just Billy Sims had a big game, and uh, and it was it was like – there was a, a pall over the city of Pittsburgh for the next 10 days until the next game. I mean, it was just walking around like uh, like Night of the Living Dead, you know, because <laughs> how could this happen to our Steelers? Because they, I think the Steelers started 9-2 and two that year, Sean. They went to the playoffs, and they lost to the Raiders, who ended up winning the Super Bowl against uh, against Washington down in Tampa. But uh, yeah, that was that was a dominating performance by the Lions. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, so hopefully, good times are coming. Uh, that was certainly one of the most memorable Thanksgiving Day games. As always, we appreciate you listening. More of the Gridiron Wrap when we come back here on seven sixty WJR. Well, welcome back. So glad you could join us on a Sunday night here on seven sixty WJR. It is indeed a Gridiron Wrap and. Bill, you know, continuing with the Lions, uh, you know, to come so close. And unfortunately this year, the reality is, hey, look, we knew that this was going to be a little bit of a struggle as Brad Holmes tried to um, really make up this roster. And I, I think he's doing it the right way, playing the long game, relying on some draft picks. Obviously, you have to make those draft picks count, but it, it, it was time to do something like this. With that being said, I've heard Lomas Brown say this, more times than you can shake a stick at. And you you live this, Bill. Nobody in that franchise cares one iota about the draft picks. Nobody. That's for the general manager. That's for we fans. That's something to look forward to. They're thinking about winning games right now. Uh, heads have to be hanging a little bit low, not only from this one, but, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, the slew of games, the Minnesota game, the Baltimore yeah. game, uh, oh, what might have been at this juncture of the season. Yeah, and I think in some ways today's game was even worse in some ways because you had the game in your hands. Minnesota made a field goal. Baltimore made a field goal, okay? Short of blocking it, it was a little bit more out of your control. The The mentality going into this game, as we talked about before, you know, these are humans. I mean, <laughs> they hear the Roethlisberger isn't playing. They know – the top two receivers aren't playing. Defensively, that gives you a spark, and the defense played well uh, for the most part today. But to be on that sideline, and, and they, they had a camera on Dan Campbell predictably for that field goal in overtime. And, Sean, I mean, I never played, obviously. You never played, but you're part of the – you've been part of it. You're part of it now with Wayne State. And I've been in situations where it came down to one play. Um, and – the emotion that was about to be released if that field goal was was good would have been incredible. I mean, you're, you're, you got the emotion, you know, building up all season. And, and each, each week with each non-win, I think it gets, you know, proportionately greater. And you had a chance to erase all those demons, so to speak, 
and get that win on the road, which is even more special in some ways. And, uh, and it, 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 you know, what it reminded me of in an opposite way, when we finally beat green Bay up in green Bay uh, in 15. Yeah. And we're, we're the last play of that game, Sean was a field goal. The Packers had to win it. And it wasn't, it, it was a makeable field goal uh, for Mason Crosby, but he missed it. And we exploded because it was, as I told someone after that game, for me, it was 22 years of emotion going up there and losing. And for the lions, it's, these guys have won their whole careers logically at every level. They were the best players in high school, exceptional college players. Most of them came from tremendous programs, successful programs, and the emotion can't be overlooked. Um, and I think in a way, uh, no one wants to lose, but uh, to tie a game like that just has the worst impact, especially especially when we, we the Lions, had a chance to, uh, to win it with that field goal. What's the old saying? Winning is is habitual, and and so is losing. And yeah. and I think that is is a sad reality. Bill, I I don't want to bring it up, but I, I just hearing you talk reminds me of the 2008 season. And late in the season, they had a home game against the Minnesota Vikings that could have yeah. gone either way, yeah. and the Vikings ended up winning late. And and yeah. I remember I was you know in a former life I. I was down on the field after the game and the guys looked like they were extras in the walking dead. I mean, yeah. they just, they, they were sitting there going because they're not dumb. They knew the same thing that we, that we knew. I remember saying before the game doing like a, a, a pregame show with a, a mutual friend of ours. I remember saying before the game, this might be the last chance. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. you look at the schedule, anything can happen in the NFL, but realistically mm-hmm. you don't like their chances of going to Indianapolis and winning, knocking off the new Orleans saints and, and going to green Bay and winning that game. So we were calling it the last chance. And I almost got the feeling that the guys kind of knew that that was their last chance mm-hmm. too. And it was another one of those woulda, shoulda, coulda games and the dejection yeah. down on the field. It does remind you what you said a couple minutes ago. These guys are human. Yeah. They're, they're human. There's pride there. You mm-hmm. think they want any part of this? The answer to that is absolutely not. No, not at all. And, uh, I think what they can take some solace from is just looking at what is happening and happened today in the NFL. I mean, Washington beating Tampa Bay, you know, on every, any given Sunday, um, you know, things can happen. Um, You know, it's new England just destroying Cleveland. You know, Cleveland had a big win last week against Cincinnati. Right. So, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth. And um, you, you just never really know what you're going to get from week to week. And that's the beauty. That's the absolute beauty of the NFL. Um, and uh, Minnesota, again, I think they're winning. If yeah. they haven't won. It's a final. It's a, yeah, it's a at, the, final. At, the, at the Chargers. And, you know, once again, you know, the hard luck team, as we talked about last week, the Vikings, it's just remarkable how close they come from week to week. And um, and so hopefully the Lions, once they get over the the emotion, the 24 hours or so, can look at the rest of the league and say, you know what, you know, on any given Sunday, and it's very true, and uh, they got to get their minds right because Cleveland ain't going to be in a good mood after 
getting shellacked like they did up in New England. So, and that's a hard place to play. And then you've got obviously Thanksgiving right after that. So you got your short week and they, you know, they know they'll have the eyes of the nation on them, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, Thanksgiving day. So, you know, it's, it's tough, but, but the emotion is real. Um, it's palatable. And after a game like that, it's gut wrenching it because you had a chance, you had it in your hands and, uh, just didn't just get, didn't get it done. Well, as a member of the media, I am afforded the luxury to look forward. I, I have a circle around that game on Thanksgiving. Uh, that, that just looks like the perfect game to, yeah. you know what, do it at home on Thanksgiving, send everybody yeah. home happy. Uh, yeah. for those of us that are, Looking forward to streaming. Get back over the Thanksgiving weekend. We can go home happy, eat our turkey, and 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 uh, certainly watch that. No doubt about it. All right, uh, at bottom of the hour, we need to take a break. Uh, listen quickly before we do that. As Bill mentioned, one of the late games. Always like to let you know what's going on in the late game. Uh, the Panthers improved to five and five. They knock off the Kyler Murray less yeah. Cardinals. 34 to 10. The Cardinals fall to 8 and 2. As Bill mentioned, the Vikings knock off the Chargers out in LA 27 20. How about the Eagles? Maybe just maybe the Eagles no. are better than we thought. They knock off the Broncos 30 to 13 in Denver. How about that one, Bill? Again, as the NFL turns, the Broncos pound the Cowboys. Exactly. Last week, turn around and lose it home to the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention that. Uh, our friend Darius Slay had a very big oh. play. He had an 82-yard fumble return for a touchdown today. And I think the Eagles were off last week, I believe. So yeah. he's had he's had touchdowns in his last two games. So uh, yeah, I mean, who would have thought that, you know, after after last week what happened after Denver doing what they did, but it just goes to show if you can manage the emotion um, you know, and get through not too high on a win and not too low on a loss or a tie in this case. <laughs> um, you got a shot from week to week. One of the classiest guys, Bill, as you know, I mean, one thing about Darius Slay when we had the Lions yeah. here for five years, win or lose, Darius Slay always came out and uh, not only had conversations with Steve Courtney and I, but oftentimes stuck around and took pictures with the fans, signed yeah. autographs. Uh, really, really a fan of, of Mr. Darius Slay. No question. And any fan that met him had, was better for it. And he's he's still doing the same stuff in Philadelphia as well. I know he is. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, uh, we'll take a look at some college football, more NFL things as well. Of course, the NFL weekend isn't over. A couple big games forthcoming, and we'll get into that as well. All things football, that's what we do here. It's Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back in. Uh, time to take a little bit of a look at uh, college football. Uh, yep. You know what? Let's let's go with D1 for a second. I want to give a shout-out to uh, the directional schools here. Central Michigan at 6-4, and four, Eastern Michigan at 6-4, and four, Western Michigan at 6-4, and four, all looking to get uh, back to bowl games. D2 playoffs, congratulations to Ferris State. They're a number one seed. Uh, Grand Valley State uh, gets in as a four seed as fate could have it. Uh, they could have a rematch next week, Bill, in the Division Two playoffs. Uh, that would be something. And, of course, uh, Michigan and Michigan State uh, with big wins. A lot of good stuff going on in this state, Bill, in regards to the college teams. 
Absolutely, Sean. And, and we talked about it a couple of shows ago. What state is having a better year college football wise than Michigan? Um, you know, despite, despite, I might add, uh, the Ohio U Bobcats win over Eastern last week. I have to get that in there, Sean. You understand that. I do. But, I do. But seriously, um, I, I can't imagine there's a state at every level, but certainly at the D, D1 and D2 level, um, having, having the, the year that Michigan is having. And it just, like we said before, you know, we're, we're into late November now. And Michigan and Michigan State have so much to play for. And uh, it's exciting. I mean, we're fortunate. And it's, it's not going to end for a few weeks. So uh, buckle up. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? I mean, so many of us are used to this. Uh, you know, uh, this isn't quite all the marbles with the divisions now in the Big Ten. But uh, it could be a scenario if Michigan State loses in Columbus. And mm-hmm. Lord knows I hope that they don't. Yeah. But if they lose in Columbus and Michigan goes on the road and, and knocks off uh, Maryland, uh, it could come down to an all the marbles type of situation for mm-hmm. Michigan and Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten East. Again, not quite like yesteryear where it seemed like every year that was uh, the right. battle for the Big Ten championship. But uh, that could be pretty exciting. Michigan State obviously obviously could have something to say about that if they pull an upset down in the horseshoe, much like they did in 2015. No question, Sean. And uh, a couple thoughts on that. I. Uh... I was talking to my son, Billy, Friday night before the uh, uh, Adams and West Bloomfield game. And we were, ta- we were talking about the Michigan at Penn State game the next day. And I said, I think if Michigan wins, it'll be Jim Harbaugh's biggest win. And we had some debate back and forth. And the, the, the reasoning behind it is they came off a, a bigger defeat at East Lansing. I mean, losing that game to the Spartans – was tough, but to rebound in a game like they did yesterday, to go ahead, fall behind, come back late in the game to win on the road at Penn State, and we were just talking about the emotional reality of football with the Lions. Sean, I I mean, I'm sure he's done it before, but the emotion I saw from Jim Harbaugh at the end of that game Saturday spoke to how big a win that was. I mean, yeah, it's big in the standings and everything else, but big picture, program picture, I think that win was colossal. And, you know, it's not going to be easy going to Maryland. They got to they, they play well there. But the one thing about Ohio State and Michigan State, I'll tell you what, Ohio State will know they're in a football game because they probably won't play a tougher team you know, this year than the Spartans. Um, and uh, at, at who knows, but Michigan State, I guarantee you they believe they can go into Columbus and win, and they're going to they're gonna show up. They're going to show up for sure. You know, I want to ask you, uh, because, uh, you know, for people out there that don't know your background, you're, you're a Pittsburgh area guy, and mm-hmm. uh, like so many other guys in, in the Pittsburgh area, you followed Pitt, you followed Penn State. Um, what do people feel about James Franklin? Uh, you know, because I, I heard somebody say yesterday that James Franklin and Jim Harbaugh are, are kind of like stepbrothers, you know, in the regard that, yeah, they've done well, but they've left their fan base wanting more. Now, in fairness to Coach Franklin, he did win a Big Ten, although it was yeah. Ohio State that year that went to the mm-hmm. playoff. But um, as good as James Franklin has been, it seems like 
maybe the natives are a little bit restless in, in Happy Valley? I, I think that's a fair assessment, Sean. And I think there's been something there all along. Um, you know, he, he, and again, this is, you know, what I hear, what I read, um, what's talked about. Um, I mean, he doesn't seem like a Penn State coach. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? I'm not sure. Bill O'Brien, I thought, did a great job there. Sure, I really sure. thought he did one of the best coaching jobs in the last 30 years, what he did with that program, getting it back on its feet. Um, but Franklin, you know, who knows, really. And uh, sometimes the, the way he demeaned the pit rivalry early on, it's just another game, and it's not just another game. You know, it would, would, would Jim Harbaugh say Michigan State is just another game? No, he wouldn't do that. I think while there's similar concern, perhaps, about both coaches, um, I think they're a lot different. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is Michigan. Um, he hasn't had the success a lot would have thought he would have had at this time, but he's having a fabulous year this year. And uh, I think where where Franklin really got himself into trouble was after losing to Illinois and then they're getting ready to play the next game and he keeps referring to the next game as Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> We're only thinking about Illinois. Yeah. Now, some would be a little hmm, sarcastic and say, are you thinking about Illinois the next game or LSU or USC? What are you really thinking about? Um, so there's that, you know, that sort of cloud over him um, that I don't see anywhere near to be similar with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Uh, I, you know, if, if a Michigan fan is looking to pick, I get it. That That's the way it is. But I, I'm a firm believer, and you never apologize for a victory, and this team no. keeps finding a way to win. Yeah. Right? I remind people, that 1997 team that eventually won the national title, mm-hmm. there weren't a whole heck of a lot of style points in there. They Look, they went to Penn State and won a big game, as I recall. I believe that was at Penn State, and that, that was you know maybe their signature win. But it wasn't like that team was rolling up and down the field on people. They just found a way to win and concluded it in the Rose Bowl against Washington State. Now, I'm not saying that this team is going to win a national title or anything like that, but here they are in the position that every team wants to be in. For all intents and purposes, you might be able to say that they control their own destiny. Now, look, the Spartans could say the same thing. Hey, listen, if we went out, we feel good, but... Uh, Bill, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't think that Michigan or Michigan State have anything to polo- apologize mm-hmm. for, regardless of what their expectations yeah. were before the season yeah. started. Sean, it's just like your golf game. It's not how you hit the ball. It's if it went in the cup, yeah. you know, and uh, and that's the key. How many strokes did it take? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it hit off the tree, bounced a couple times, you know, and then went in as long as it goes in the cup. And really, as long as you win, that's really what it is. And uh, I think every team, even Alabama from year to year, as dominant as they have been, um, I mean, you have a game or two where it's, whoo, you know, man, we won. Let's let's move on. And I remember that, you know, over the years, and it certainly is the case in the NFL. I mean, you don't need to look back at history. You need to look at today and last week and, and next week, and you'll see, you know, situations like that. So, yeah, keep winning. Don't apologize, and uh, and you'll hopefully, hopefully be there at the end. But as we we also talked about a couple of weeks ago, 
you know, there's certainly, it's certainly set up for more than four teams to be deserving by the end of this year. So hopefully that'll take care of itself and, uh, and we won't be talking about a team that's, you know, so disappointed with a record that, that should be deserving of make it, making it to the Final Four. Spartans roll into Ohio State, a game that can be heard right here on 760 WJR. Steve Courtney in the pregame show uh, taking you up to kickoff at noon in Columbus. And, yes, 2015, nobody gave the Spartans a chance. And a backup quarterback by the name of Mm -hmm. Tyler O'Connor knocked Mm -hmm. off Ohio State that day. A a backup, mighty Ohio State that afternoon. It was uh, truly amazing. Uh, Michigan uh, on the road as well, they uh, traveled to take on the Terps, the Maryland Terrapins, uh, 3.30 kickoff next Saturday. So it should be a fantastic week. Don't you go anywhere. We've got one more segment to do here on a Sunday night. It is Gridiron Rap. He's Bill Keenis. I'm Sean Belegian, and you are listening to 760 WJR. All right, welcome back in. Final segment of the show on a Sunday night. He is Bill Keenis. I'm Sean Belegian. Gridiron Rap, always like to let you know, not that you don't know, but uh, just a subtle reminder, uh, about a half hour from night, one of those classic NFL rivalry games, the Chiefs and the Raiders. The Raiders can change cities multiple times, but, Bill, it's still the Chiefs and the Raiders. It really is, Sean, and as you're saying that, I'm having this flashback to the 70s, you know, the AFL. And there was one game. Remember Ben Davidson of the yes. Raiders with the big yes. handlebar mustache? And uh, and I think it was Len Dawson. I might be wrong on this, but I'm not wrong on the intensity and the ferocity of the rivalry. But there was a game, and he just went right into Dawson's uh, back with helmet first, and there's a brawl on the field. But, uh, yeah, they – I mean, the Raiders and – I mean, just just – those teams, there was something about them, something about those old teams. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. You know, I, I, I guess maybe it was my age. You know, guys that seem larger than life, you know, whether it be Hank Stram or John Madden, you know, yeah. guys that kind of seem larger than life. So uh, that uh, should be <laughs> a good one tonight. And then tomorrow, uh, the yeah. Rams and the Niners, a big one for the Rams. They yeah. get – an opportunity to uh, punch their way back to the top of, of that division. Uh, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people thought that that division might be wild and crazy this year, but it, it looks to be a two team race out there in the NFC West with uh, the Cardinals at eight and two. And if the Rams beat the Niners tomorrow, they improve to eight and two. Exactly. I mean, I agree, Sean, but, but just taking a look at the standings right now. Okay. You know, a couple of weeks ago, if we were to say, that the Minnesota Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Philadelphia Eagles are all one game out of the playoffs. Yep. What? Um, but they are. The, the Panthers, uh, with their, their big win today, are 5-5, five and five, and they hold the seventh spot today. But Minnesota's right behind them at 4-5, and five, Atlanta 4-5, and five, the Eagles are 4-6. and six. So uh, that's the beauty of the NFL, and I'm sure the uh, – I'm sure the AFC is just as crazy, which it is. You've got uh, uh, you've got five teams or four teams without losing records that are out of the playoffs in the AFC. Yep. Cincinnati at five and four, Kansas City at five and four, 
the Colts at five and five, and the Browns at five and five, and the Broncos at five and five. Yep. Um, are not in the playoffs right now. And uh, the Steelers actually are seeded higher than the Patriots. Steelers have the fifth seed because they uh, have half a win and half a loss, <laughs> which yep. today's tie is. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. But, yeah, they, the old days of the AFL and those games uh, with the uh, the Hank Strams of the world and John Madden and Holy Moly, those were those were classic rivalries still are still are classic rivalries i'll piggyback on what you just said the afc west itself bill is absolutely crazy i mean you've got the raiders at five and three the chargers at five and four kansas city at five and four and the broncos at five and five all four teams have five wins it's incredible now the at this point in time as we sit here with the raiders playing tonight the broncos will play two more games uh than the raiders and obviously one of those teams will improve to six wins tonight. I mean, unless they go Lions and Steelers. But, I mean, the point remains, if you're in that division, uh, you have hope. And that was one of the yeah. things. I, I remember one of our uh, mutual friends, Tom Kowalski, always used to say mm-hmm. that, that with the NFL expanding uh, to, the, you know, the playoffs and eventually expanding to 17 games, what the NFL wanted to do was to sell hope, you know, where teams could sit there at this juncture of the season and even in December and say, hey, listen, we have a shot of getting into the playoffs. And there are teams up and down the standings that can say that as we sit here in the middle of November. No question. What's the what's the goal for every fan base fan base to have meaningful games in December? Yep. Games that mean more than a draft slot. Games that mean something. And Sean, we've seen it over the years. It's again, it's sort of like it's not how you win, it's if you win. It's not how you get into the playoffs, it's if. And there have been teams, the Steelers did it the year they played at Ford Field and beat Seattle in the Super Bowl. They got in as the last wild card and won every playoff game on the road. The Packers did that when they beat uh, the Steelers in yep. the Super Bowl at uh, at Texas Stadium or at uh, A&T Stadium, AT&T Stadium. They want. They got in on the last week and won every game on the road. So it's not how it's if. And uh, and yeah, there's a lot of a lot of teams out there with with a realistic shot. So that's what you want. Boy, the one that really jumps into me. It was ten years ago. I remember the Giants. I, I I'm going to double check myself. I'm going to mm-hmm. fact check myself, Bill. But I I think they got into the playoffs at at nine and seven. And. Uh, mm-hmm. I, there you go. You all you need to do is get in. They beat the they beat Atlanta. They beat Green Bay. They beat San Francisco yeah. on a field goal in overtime, and then they mm-hmm. went and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots again for Eli Manning's uh, second Super Bowl. Bill nine mm-hmm. and seven. Now, I mean, who who would have thought it? They didn't get into the playoffs until right. the last game, beating the Dallas Cowboys at home to even win the division at nine and seven. And, and see, that's why we love the NFL, and we hope. We hope the NCAA, you know, could get to a point where it's more equitable like that. Because if you qualify, you're in. And it's understood at the beginning of the season, it's not 20 people in a room, you know, casting votes like figure skating. Um, it's it's merit. And, uh, and winning is why we played the game. It should be only about winning. So no, no doubt about it. Well, a good one tonight and a good one tomorrow night. Uh, let's see mm-hmm. if the offenses get back on track for both the Raiders and the Chiefs tonight. Uh, it'd be 
nice to watch a little track meet to put yourself to sleep tomorrow. And then uh, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I think like a lot of uh, people out there, Bill, I know you and I will be watching that. I, I, I don't shy from it. I'll root for Matthew wherever he goes. I, yep. I, you know, and he's with the Rams right now, and I'm going to root for Matthew tomorrow night. So look at Amen. Amen, Johnny B. Hey, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I want to thank uh, both Eric Dorch and Jason Fissler back at the station. We will be at it again next week right here, 7 o'clock, for another edition of Gridiron Wrap. In the meantime, most importantly, thank you for listening, inviting us into your car, your radio at home, your computer, whatever the case may be for. I'm my pal Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian saying have a great night. We'll talk to you soon here on 760 WJR.